1: All right, Jed. Well, first of all, thanks for having me back. I appreciate being just. I appreciate being here so much. Um, but my name is Dory Howell. I'm a portrait photographer outside of Washington D.C. and that enc- that encompasses the entire Washington D.C. metro area. I've been in business now for going on oh wow, 14 years, and um, I love what I do. And about six years ago, I started teaching photographers how to run. Profitable businesses, primarily starting photographers and people who were um, maybe had picked up their camera and wanted to take pretty pictures of their kids. Familiar story. It's my story too. Of people who, um, oh yeah, I'm pretty good at this. And then friends and family start complimenting you, and you yeah. start taking pictures. You know, sessions for other people, and all of a sudden you realize you need to start charging. And you get a couple years into it, and you realize like, oh, I'm not doing this right. Like. I'm editing way into the night. I'm taking too many sessions. Yeah. I'm not making enough money. Like, you know, we've all heard this story so many times and that was my story. And so once I learned a few things and figured it out, um, then photographers started coming in asking how I was doing it. So that's just kind of how that all came about. And um, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed since I've been teaching photographers is the number one thing, the number one thing that I think that impacts our business is the emotion of fear mm. and how that manifests itself in our business and in our personality and in our lives and how it can be such an incredible Motivating factor, you know, people say that fear is the biggest, the greatest motivator. Um, Well, it can motivate you to do a lot of things, but most likely when most people encounter this in their business, it's stopping them from doing something. It's stopping them from raising their prices, locking down a business model, locking down things that they want to sell, um, setting set studio policies and sticking with them. It impacts marketing. It impacts so much of what we do in our business that I found that really fascinating to dive into and learn about.
0: So, I mean, yes, and everything you're saying resonates with me. So I think this is a this is a good topic and it's been discussed I don't know how many times it's been discussed both on this podcast and in workshops and oh, sure, mentions, sure. Like, it's a, it's a big deal. So it it's, is. so it's, I think it's important to revisit it because it's also one of those things that, well, I'll speak from my experience. It's one of those things that, yes, I can overcome fear during a season mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a time in my life. And then later it comes back. Right. You know, I, for me, it's not like, oh, I, uh, I overcame fear in 2006 and now I'm good.
1: <laughs> Check that box. You're good. Right.
0: <laughs> and then, well, some things are kind of like that. Some things, you know, you, are. Can, you can work on this, that, and the other, and it's kind of like, okay, I'm done with that. But fear, fear comes a knocking for me
1: All periodically.
0: The time. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. You- Yeah. And the thing is, I think that that's so important to realize is that we all have our comfortable little box. And I like to say that we had, you know, our box and you've heard the, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you hear lots of analogies and little um, like cliche phrases and that type of thing. But we all have our comfort area. We all have our box where we're operating and everything seems to be going well. But the thing is, is most of us, especially as entrepreneurs, we're not always comfortable just staying in our box. But as soon as we open the door to our box and we peek our head out, that's when fear comes back. And the thing is, all we're doing if we walk through that door is walking into another box. So here we have a small box. Okay, great. We conquered this one. Now we're in a bigger box. And the boxes just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's exactly, that's exactly it. We never escape the box. Mm -hmm. So realizing that and realizing that it's completely normal. um, And also, I think part of the conversation is especially with, um, dare I say the younger generations, because I'm of a certain age where I can now say that there are younger generations entering into the business. Um, Society has changed as far as what is acceptable from what we call, I'm, you know, I'm, I have social anxiety, or Mm. I don't like to do those things, or those things make me uncomfortable. And we've created a society where society says, oh, well, if you don't want to do those things, and they don't, you're not comfortable doing those things, then you shouldn't have to do those things yeah and okay. right I mean and just keeping well, I it think re- that
0: I, I'm not I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that one of the things is is that it, a a lot of people don't like to admit that they're afraid. Oh for right? sure for some, sure Some people feel as though they can't mm-hmm. and in and in some cases, there are consequences and repercussions for Absolutely. admitting that you're afraid. Absolutely. So it's, it's a brave thing to do. And I then, know. and then the other piece, and and I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a generational thing. This part, I think this is a, this is a, this is an everybody thing is that a lot of times people want to use their fear as an excuse mm-hmm. to not succeed. It's, it's a, is it a Marion Williamson quote? I think, should have looked it up before this because I, I i this is I, this always comes up but yeah. it's the it's we're more afraid to succeed than to yes. fail
1: we're more afraid yes. of our light than the darkness absolutely you know fear of failure is something that a lot of people like that's what they think that they read like that resonates with them but fear of success is a much success yes it's a much bigger thing because if we become successful we start making more money we have bigger choices our friends might change our family might look at us differently our clientele will change all those things are well they're they're not mites.
0: they're not mites. no they're they're realities
1: they absolutely are that
0: that is what happens yeah when you when you succeed and it's so that's the whole more money more problems type of mindset too i mean don't get me wrong i i i i strive for success and i don't think it's a bad thing to strive mm-hmm. for success right but i i think the important thing with what we're talking about specifically here is to be aware yes right so i yeah. think the fear of success is a valid fear i think it's a rational fear because of because of what actually happens or what comes with success. Um, But I think it's important to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And once you acknowledge it, then you can face it properly.
1: Right. 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 Absolutely. And um, the thing is, one thing that I've always told my, my clients and that type of thing is that It's okay if you change. We all change. I can honestly say as a culture, many of us, in fact, a majority of us are different people now than when we were March 10th of last year in the United (laughs) States. Okay. And I've had a lot happen to me in those past, in those, in the past 18 months, my mother died. My sister was diagnosed with cancer. My daughter was diagnosed with a tremendous eating disorder. I left the company that I built. I've had a lot of things happen. So I know that I am a dramatically different person than, and that's not even people who haven't had those traumatic life events happen to them in the, in that 18, is it 18 months now? Almost almost in that 18 month period. So everybody has changed. Everybody has been impacted in one way or the other. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. it's all different. Right. Everything is different. So- All of those types of things impact our business, impact how we think about our business and impact how we wanna move forward. And it's okay if some of us are feeling a little gun shy and feeling a little timid about like, oh, you know, I wasn't able to operate my business for eight months in my area and now I gotta do it. But guess what? Are people gonna pay these prices? Maybe I should just lower my prices till Mm. till I really get back on my feet. And so you do that. And then comes the roller coaster of, oh my goodness, I need to raise my prices again. So it's like you've, you've backtracked only to have to deal with all those hurdles. Climb the hill again. Again, you have to climb the hill again. And that's what I'm doing in my studio. It's exactly what I'm doing in my studio. When my mom was ill, I had to close it down. I just like, this was enough. And so I was already closed before COVID hit and then COVID hit. And so that rebuilding process is scary. And I don't care if you've been doing this for a decade or if you're just starting out when you're trying to build and reach out and market to people, that's a scary proposition. But understanding that the fear that comes with that is totally normal. And you can, you can, if you know, if you know to recognize it, and you know how to ask yourself certain questions then you can conquer it you can walk out into the in the bigger box more confidently so so
0: okay considering you went through through all that and that mm-hmm. lots of people have gone through lots of stuff but let's yeah. let's I'd, I'd like to focus on what you went through because okay. it's one thing we're just we're, we're a couple of talking heads right now, just kind of going back and forth over this thing yeah. that uh, that, that's, that affects everybody to different degrees at different times in their lives. And the last eighteen months has been unprecedented in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you're laying out steps, or you're beginning to lay out steps. Like this is what this is what needs to be done, and this is how you do this. When you're in those trenches though, when it wasn't very long ago that you were in the trenches mm-hmm. and maybe to some degree you're in some trenches, but when oh, you're yeah. when you were like deep in the mire, mm-hmm. right? What is it that you do or what has to happen or where are you at in your mind? What actions do you take? I don't know how to even ask the question, but how do you get from even A to be at the beginning of when you're in it.
1: Yeah. So in how it, do,
0: and it's horrible. And how do you start?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, my trenches were pretty deep. You know, I rattled off some things really quickly yeah. there that were pretty right. um life-changing. And um in some way, in reference to my mom passing from cancer, um, because COVID hit, it gave me a It relieved the pressure of having to rebuild something right away. I had the excuse of COVID of being able to say, I'm not going to open my studio right Mm. away. And guess what? You know, the world, I don't have to, you know. And so in some instances, I looked at the positive side and I'm, I'm, a glass, glass half full person that's the way i look at life i have positive energy i don't let things get me down and i don't complain about things that happen because honestly i don't want to be a complainer and i don't think people are that interested in hearing my sob story about
0: but why are you like that
1: um well, I believe oh, this is interesting. I believe that there's kind of two different personalities in the world. And I think we're wired that way when it comes to our upbringing. My mom was very very positive. I was raised in a faith-based home. We did not we were not allowed to complain or moan. In fact, I was talking to my sister about this the other day, and there was one instance where I was probably because I was the more outspoken of the two of us being mm-hmm. extremely extremely bratty in our home because <laughs> I had tendency to be the bratty one and complaining and whining and that kind of stuff. And my mom just had enough. And so my parents were very, very faith based people. And so my mom made us memorize a Bible verse that talked about not complaining, not saying bad words, not not, you know, if you can't find anything nice, don't say it at all, basically was Mm -hmm. the gist of the message. And Mm -hmm. I remember that dinner to this day of saying, you're going to learn this and we are not going to listen to any sort of complaining. No one wants to hear it. It doesn't, you're not, it doesn't make you any more attractive. It doesn't make people want to like you anymore Right. like that. So that's a lesson I got from my parents. Very
0: unbecoming.
1: Yeah. It's, no one wants to hear that. No one wants right. to hear the negativity of, right. of life. And so I got that from my mom. And um, so that's something that obviously is ingrained in me so much that I don't even really recognize it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's just my outlook on life. It's like, okay, Last year, when things were really bad and I was having to concentrate on things, you know, my daughter and and grief and all those types of things, it's just like, okay, I don't need to concentrate on my photography business anymore, it's going to be there, and I'll be able to ramp it back up when appropriate. But now with the ramping up, I still deal with the fear of marketing, putting myself out there, um, sending out those emails to people, asking for business, those types of things. Those aren't easy things for me to do. But as I do them, they have gotten easier and the response gains momentum as well. So the more confident I become in sending out and reaching out and reestablishing my networking relationships and doing things like that, the more comfortable I get doing them and it makes me okay in doing more. So it's like that perpetual wheel type thing. Of- Do you think that that
0: perpetual wheel also exists for someone that isn't wired the way that you are and that didn't have the positive influences and upbringing that you did it may be much harder for them to start maybe Mm -hmm. yeah um but that perpetual wheel exists outside of who we are
1: sure and it can go both ways
0: well, go f- keep going with that now. It yeah. can go both so, ways.
1: So your perpetual wheel can go both ways. If I have a perpetual input into myself of positive energy, of positive reinforcement, of support from my family, of sub- of encouragement from the people that I interact with in social media, encouragement mm-hmm. from my clients, it leads me to want to lean into that more. Mm-hmm. And a real life example of this now is just, you know, Instagram and their their little reels that they have. Yeah. I love, I love doing Instagram reels. I'll do Instagram reels all day long. I, I'd much I rather see your reels. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather do those than, you know, some of the other things on social media. They're fun, they're catchy. Um, mm-hmm. I like using the music, that type of thing. Yeah. So I get a lot of positive feedback from people on my reels. So that leads me to like, okay, people are enjoying this. So I want to do this. More. And I also have a purple, uh, not purple. I have certain challenges and goals that I've set for myself as far as certain social media, you know, goals and that type of thing. But when you get that, then the wheel keeps going. Okay, if I get really great feedback for a certain style of photography that I'm doing, then I'm like, oh, people are resonating with this. I want to do that more. But the wheel goes the other way the perpetual motion wheel can go forward or back when you put something out there and you hear crickets Mm. or you put something out there and someone in your close circle questions it or criticizes it. And you start to get all those doubts in your head of, Mm. well, maybe I shouldn't have put that out there. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. So then Mm. the wheels going back further, the, um, the wheel goes backwards when you are not hired for a really long time when, Mm -hmm. um, when you have, when you're listening to outside messages that are negative. So I know it's fun to go to some, you know, Facebook group or Instagram feed or that type of thing that has a negative twist, like, I don't, this is not a real Instagram account. I'm not thinking of anything specific, but like, you know, photographers hate their clients. Like, and it lists all the, compl- like people send in say complaints about clients yeah. and you start feeding yourself those messages. Right. And all that negativity is going to do is slow down your wheel or even move it backwards.
0: Well, and even the, even the flippancy, right? I, Cause mm-hmm. I, even the things that are presented in a way that's fun <laughs> or fun. a joke or sarcastic, mm-hmm. even the flippant stuff can, can, can make that wheel go in a more negative yep. path. Don't you Absolutely.
1: think? Oh, 100%. There's a, there's a
0: lot of that stuff right now. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I like dark humor. I like um, the the sarcastic. I got oh. memes all over the place that are <laughs> dark and funny. And so I'm speaking to myself First, I really am. And my wife's yeah. not like that. My wife's yeah. like, why? That is not funny at all. Why yeah. do you think that's funny? Yeah. And, and well, I have all my own reasons for thinking that it's funny. However, I also believe very strongly that too much of that, especially mm-hmm. if you get kind of caught up in that, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not the positive perpetual wheel that we're talking yeah. about that's actually right. going the other way and it can right. lead it can lead to a dark place
1: without you even knowing it right it it can impact everything it can impact yes. how you interact with your clients it can yep. impact the message that you're putting out on social media it can interact mm-hmm. it can impact how you um interact with your family at home that negative oh, yeah. spin is um can be so detrimental and as someone who doesn't live by the law of the negative spin, so to say, I find it exhausting. If <laughs> I'm if I'm interacting with someone who is always, I can't do that. I won't. I won't do that. Um, that will never work. Clients mm. don't want that, and there's no there's no support behind it. I find that I personally I just find it exhausting because a lot of those negative messages are just beliefs that you have in your head that aren't supported or
0: um, quantified rational. in
1: any way. They're,
0: they're, they're just, not rational beliefs.
1: They're not. Mm-hmm. And until you get to a point where you can realize, you know what? My brain always doesn't always tell me the truth about the situation. That's so true. Right? It doesn't. <laughs> so it does. True. Our brain lies to us all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah we lie to ourselves.
1: We and we lie do. to ourselves. And yeah. so... Um, once you can start realizing that you really need to take all these incoming messages and realize what you want to lean into and what you need to shove aside and stop listening to, then it's a, it can be a real struggle. And sometimes it takes a while to figure that out.
0: Mm. And you learn the hard way.
1: It, yeah, you can learn the hard way. And you know, when, one example of that is like, well, no one wants prints anymore. No one's gonna buy an album anymore no one wants wall art anymore
0: we hear that
1: we hear that perpetuated over and over and over and over and i can i'm like well if that were the case why would snapfish have made three billion dollars in yeah. 2019. It's the, it's right. The, <laughs> like obviously Jim and,
0: Gaffigan, I don't go to McDonald's. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people I think that there's are lying. A lot
1: of Right.
0: <laughs> billions and billions <laughs> served. But we I, mean, I don't go to McDonald's.
1: <laughs> right. Or Chick-fil-A. Let's, you know, let's use Chick-fil-A. You're but, right, right. You know right. Snapfish, I think, because I check their quarterly reports and different things when they send things out. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So three billion dollars that was not Mm -hmm. all made on um photo mugs and school portraits right people are getting pictures printed you know we have white house it's a lab that is operating been operating for a long time obviously people want prints so you have to promise you they do Yeah, they do. You have to be able to take those things that you're telling yourself and have a come to Jesus moment with yourself and realize, is this just something I've been telling myself? Or is this really true? And busting those false beliefs, it's hard. It's just hard. So, you know, um, one thing I got a kick out of was um you know talking about our brain telling us the wrong stories is the other day um my husband and i my daughter we were watching the movie luca which is now on disney plus so if anybody has disney not plus, seen it
0: but i it's on our list to watch It's on
1: your list okay well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ruin the plot for you here i'm just gonna yeah. tell you one quick little thing i timed this so it's about 20 minutes in And they're building something that they want to use. They're building a machine of sorts that they want to use. And they're testing it. And basically, um, because it's in Italy, they're speaking in English, but they have the Italiano accent, you know. And the one boy is telling the other boy, why, you know, basically, it's like, why are you scared? He's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, well, when that happens, you have to say, silenzio, Bruno. Silenzio, Bruno. And basically, the little boy says to the other one, the Bruno's inside your head. And there Sometimes you just have to tell it to silence. Mm. And be quiet, Bruno. Be quiet, Bruno. Shut up, Bruno. We're not going to listen to you today. We're going to yeah. do what we need to do. Huh. Um, and I just like, I was half like on my iPad, you know, all that kind of stuff. When <laughs> you're you're watching. Half in and
0: out. Right. Yeah, half in right. and out.
1: When you're watching movies with your kids, you're like, oh, okay, right. well, yeah, whatever. But that, <laughs> but that, like, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I peeked right up. And then um I went back later and I watched the whole scene again. I'm just like that is such a powerful message especially for kids. Like don't yeah. always listen don't always listen to yourself.
0: Oh, like Oh yeah it's great for you kids. You
1: Yeah. So right. um that's in luca if anybody has um anyone has Disney Plus and I didn't give away yeah. any plot or anything like that. No, that's didn't ruin great. the movie for you but Silencio Bruno is kind of my new favorite phrase. Like that's Silencio just Bruno. A, Silencio yeah. Bruno. Um right. But back to, you were asking me, like, how is it that I'm, as a person, how do I dig myself up out of the trenches? Um, And I said, well, you know, my mom and and that type of thing. I think there are two different people in in the world. And we're just kind of, this is how we're made. This is how we look at things. And I use the analogy of making a chocolate souffle. Good.
0: I like those types hey, cho- of analogies.
1: Yeah, those are good, right? Food analogies are always good. And mm-hmm. they're but chocolate soufflé is a complicated dish. It's not something that usually people are making the first time that they want to try baking something. But if you look at two different types of personalities, you have the type of personality like me and I'm thinking maybe you that okay, I've never made this before, but I know I can figure it out. And make a pretty good chocolate souffle, like before I've even tried it out, like, I'm not, I'm not worried about this, I can do this. And then you have the people who, well, I need to watch 10 YouTube videos, I need to go to the store, I need to have all the perfect ingredients, I need to practice it 10 times, and then maybe a few times more. And only after that happens yeah. and i've seen the success of being able to do it will i be able to say confidently that i can make a chocolate souffle mm. and i find in photography when working with so many different photographers almost everybody fits into one of those camps yeah.
0: yep
1: and very successful photographers usually are in the camp of yeah i've never done it before but i'm i'm gonna do it i can do it All
0: right Right. Like they're
1: they're the type A, I okay. shouldn't say type A because that gives a different connotation when you're talking about right. personality types. But they're the first group, and then you have the people who struggle with decision making and um, those types of things over in the second side. And they're the ones who truly need to watch out for how fear impacts their business because they will sit on a price increase that they know they need to make to be, you know, to bring money home. They'll sit on it for three months. They'll sit on a business model. They'll procrastinate as far as what products to make. And so... Depending on what camp you fit in when, you know, the souffle model, but you could apply that to really anything. That's where you might want to say like, oh, am I really letting fear impact my business if I'm over here? And how am I letting it impact my business? Um, And be aware of it. Hmm. So um, it's just very interesting because I run the souffle scenario. Across a lot of really well-known photographers, a lot of your guests that you've had on the podcast previously, and that type of thing, and that's a pretty good representation of people with really famous, well-known studios who are doing really, really well, and people who are struggling. It's the decision making. It's the fear of making the wrong mistake. Those types of things that really get people um, stuck. Well, if you're
0: you're in that camp, if if one suspects that they mm-hmm. are in that camp. And, and we can use the pricing thing. Cause I think that that does affect a lot of people. Yeah. If someone is is listening and they think, you know what? I really, I do need to bump my prices. Mm-hmm. I know I need to like that. It, it, it's not going the way that it really needs to go. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that my pricing is too low or even I suspect my pricing may be too low. Mm-hmm. What's first step? Okay. What's the first step?
1: The first step is that you have to stop listening to those outside forces that have nothing to do and have no knowledge of how to run a photography business. And that can be hard because that can include people like your spouse, your partner, your parents, your best friend, your uncle at the cookout, those types of things who if you're discussing raising your prices, you're going to get a lot of. Feedback that's going to say, I would never pay that much. You want to charge that much for pictures? Are you yeah. kidding me? No one yeah. around me is going to want to pay those prices. So that goes back to the negative messaging. So almost every big move that I've made in my business when it comes to pricing or anything like that, I don't tell anybody.
0: You don't, don't- talk about it with anybody? Uh-uh. You just do it?
1: I just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I
0: just do it. I thought you're. I thought you were going <laughs> to... <laughs> You're going to say something completely different. I thought you were going to be like, I have a person. No. It's not, you know, like, like, yeah. Well, because, and, and, okay, I, again, I think that you, t- to some degree, that you are able to do that or be that way in part because of who you are based yes. on nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there are plenty of people who, would have a much harder time doing it the way that you do it. Right. Right. Even though the need is there, even though they need to make that decision, they need to take those steps. It Mm -hmm. seems to me that they they may need some help or they may need a hand to pull them, kind of pull them through. And if that's the case, they need to, they need to look elsewhere. They don't need to listen. They can't look at uncle Frank. No, or, don't or, look at Uncle or their Frank. mom or their dad or their husband or their mm-hmm. wife. They can't look at the people that are too close to them mm-hmm. that are saying that are naysayers. You got to yeah. find somebody that's going to encourage you
1: right. to do what you need to do. So that's a really that's a really good point. I I have come to. The realization that, and this was through an outside mentor that I had um, for two years, who was, he was fabulous. So he wasn't part of the industry. And I think, yeah, I think photographers um, stay within the industry too much for their education. Um, There's really great people in the industry, obviously, but when it comes to really thinking big, so I was in a mastermind group for two years, a very, very high level mastermind. I was a little, a little tadpole in this pond, barely even a tadpole. And the mentor basically would always remind us when you're making decisions in your business, you have to remember these core things. No decision is permanent. Hmm. No decision can't be changed. I mean, you can change everything. It's your business. If you want to charge people different prices, you can do that. Um, Every decision, the big thing for me is every decision isn't permanent. And so if I get down the line and I raise my prices and I realize Oh, also another thing is I usually don't raise my prices just unilaterally across the board.
0: Right. Like yep. I'll
1: raise my session fee, but I'll keep mm-hmm. my products the same. Sure. Or I'll keep my session fee the same and I'll adjust the prices on my products. So it's not just a whole like jump in, I'm going to raise everything. Well, and you
0: don't need to 100%. go from $20 for an 8 by 10 to 97.
1: Right. That's, a, that's a, exactly a it in a day. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, because that goes, oh gosh, that's marketing theory and a the whole bunch of things. We don't have time to go into that today. Uh, but you're right. <laughs> but no decision is permanent. Mm, Every mm-hmm. decision can be changed. Every yeah. decision can be modified. Right. And, you know, so you tried to go from $27 to $97 in a day. And a month mm-hmm. later, two months later, you realize, oh, I'm going to support those types of clients. That was a mistake. I'm going to go and make it instead of going all the way back down that to nine was supposed to
0: be a three or a four
1: yeah oopsies i should have made that a 57 a typo. sorry
0: guys i'm sorry <laughs>
1: sorry oopsies but you can change it and the thing is yeah. people don't notice when you make those changes like it's, no one... it is
0: funny how much we think we're being <laughs> scrutinized or recorded yeah. by like all our moves are being oh everyone's gonna no, most of the time oh, especially if you especially if you do it incrementally or not globally, yeah. uh-huh. you know, and little in, in in piecewise, it's very, very rare. And even if someone does notice and you're having that conversation, it's rare that somebody isn't going to understand. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't need yeah. to do what's happened with lumber, right? Oh, good gracious. That's, that's a big fat mess. You, yeah. you learn from that though. And you're like, well, I'm not gonna do it that way. Mm-hmm. Right, but to to go from twenty dollars to, to twenty seven and, and and to start at least start,
1: right? When you need to just start mm-hmm. right? Right. And the other side of that is just starting. If you don't have any sort of clientele built up and it's not working now, mm-hmm. then change it. Do something to it. Don't just leave it at twenty seven dollars because you think someday it's going to click in and work. Because right. if if it hasn't worked for the past six months, it's right. probably not going to work for the next six months. You have nothing to lose by making that change. You have nothing to lose. Nothing and to lose. In in that case, you might be too, too cheap. Yes, exactly. For people. Exactly. Because I know my clientele, specifically in the Northern Virginia area, which is a very, very wealthy area of the country. Yep. Yep. They're not, if they want prints, they're not going to hire someone that offers a $20 print.
0: Man, there are people in those classes right? that want to spend the money.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm they I'm I'm right it. here. Hello, <laughs> right right here. I'm good. Right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, and I'll I don't I don't say that flippantly. I provide a great service. I provide great sure. products to my clients. Well, no,
0: you 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 want to you want to provide value too. Yes. We're not just saying, oh, just jack up your prices. Uh, <laughs> Allison Tyler Jones says it great. She's like, you yeah. want to create something. That is worth the $5,000 that they're paying you.
1: Absolutely. Don't just say, Absolutely. oh, how
0: can I make $5,000? Mm-hmm. Think to yourself, I want to make something that is worth that. I am going to do it. This is yes. this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to charge appropriately yes. for it.
1: Absolutely. And um, a lot the of the best. problem comes into, if we go back to the fear, you know, our fear topic, mm-hmm. is that because many, many photographers were not raised in a household that freely spent $5,000 on portrait sessions. And we're hearing right. limited limited money messages their whole life of always keeping, clipping coupons. And always bragging about getting something on sale right. and look, looking for the very cheapest, cheapest thing. And I'm not saying that's a bad
0: mentality
1: bad. to have, but if you're raised in that constant um, negative money lack mindset, And that's Mm -hmm. the messaging that you hear from your parents. Then growing up and trying to form a business where average sales are $12,000, you're going to have to do some work to get your brain on yourself yourself to get your brain in a place where you're okay, charging $12,000 for a portrait session. Um, That doesn't happen just magically that (laughs) happens by busting through box after box, after box, after Mm, box. And, and I guarantee you the person who sells a portrait session for $12,000, if they had someone come in and say, I want to spend $25,000, they might have to go and take a drink and take a deep breath because that (laughs) might make them like, (sighs) a little bit excited, a little bit uncomfortable and they'd have to collect themselves for that. So, you know, back to the fact, doesn't matter what level you're at. We all deal with it. It's all totally normal, but recognizing it and knowing how to bust through it is what is going to impact your business the most. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Amen.
1: So um, I know that lots of, lots of people are like, well, how do I recognize fear? Like if, if I'm in my business, how, how am I going to recognize the the um the points like that maybe I'm dealing with this and procrastination to me is the biggest indicator of oh my yes of fear is when you're putting something off especially when we all we've all done this where you put something off off for so long and you've made it such a bigger deal (laughs) than it is like sending that email that might be interpreted a little you know a little bit negatively or those types of things, not just pricing, but it's client communication, knowing how to communicate some awkward things with them, knowing how to communicate studio policies, not setting a policy. For example, I have a policy in my studio that if I'm doing a newborn session and there's a toddler sibling, like say a one and a half year old, two year old, Mm. that they want to bring to the session that they can come for the, sibling pictures and the family pictures but after that they need to go like someone right. needs to take them right. and so a lot of times we're like oh my gosh how, how do you enforce that I said well I let them know that I love their children and I think they're precious and they're adorable but last time I checked a one and a half year old doesn't listen to directions that well <laughs> and doesn't have a sense of fear or comprehension that if they trip over my light stand, not only will they get hurt, right. but they will also damage and sink my pro photo lights maybe.
0: Right. Well, or, and, the, and the newborn's you know, at risk.
1: Yeah. And the newborn, everyone's at risk with a one and a half year right. old, two year old running around right. freely. And right. parents, parents are tired. I don't blame them for like, oh, he's happy right now. Just let him go. Like, I just want to sit here. So I have that policy. And that's something that Newer photographers always been like, "How do you enforce that?" I said, "I'm just really honest about it."
0: Yeah, and you just put it out there.
1: I just put it out there, and if someone says, "Oh, well, my kids, my kids really good," like we'll just put on YouTube or have them watch the iPad or something for a little bit. I usually just have to communicate. I understand that. I said, "But this is a long session, yeah. and I don't know any toddler that age that can sit still for two. You know, if we, if needed, two additional a hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, couple hours. So I say." there's a park nearby there's ducks here's some duck food go get a starbucks and you know partner Mm -hmm. you take them out for a little bit grandma you take them out for a little bit and we'll call you when we need you um and that i've never had anybody balk at that yeah but that was a big stand that i had to make after having a after having two sessions specifically where i had a wild out-of-control toddler in my studio (laughs) <laughs> and the parents, I think the parents were just normal. It was just like you they were the used, hard way. Yeah, they were just used to it, so it was like they didn't even really notice that my stuff was getting thrashed. And I was spending more time wrangling the toddler than the newborn. Huh. I'm like, this huh. is gonna take this is gonna take forever. We need to stop this. We yep. need to stop this right now. Yep. And it's the same with IPS selection appointments. That toddler is great. We love them. We love photographing them, but they need to stay happily someplace else, right? For that transaction. Otherwise, we'll be there for hours. Yeah. Um so yeah so procrastination on setting studio policies procrastination on pricing um and you know we have lack of motivation if you're just not feeling it it's not always necessarily that you don't want to be a photographer anymore but maybe you're just putting off doing the things that you need to do and on the other side maybe you're overly motivated maybe mm-hmm. you're working too hard maybe you're trying to get in 20 hours of work every single day for months and months and months and It's not, you know, it's not happening. You're working too hard. Um, And sometimes you make decisions too quickly. And I can, I raise my hand. I am someone that can make decisions too quickly. But the reason I do it is because I'm comfortable backtracking if I need to. I'm comfortable changing. A lot of people don't have that other side when they're making decisions too rashly. Um, you, You know, you get too many things going. So fear can motivate and manifest itself in a lot A lot of different ways. Um, And so what I suggest when I have clients who are struggling with this, I say, okay, if you're, if you're really struggling with making a decision, this is, you know, you have to reflect and say, why am I struggling with this? Why am I procrastinating this on this particular thing? What is, what is the problem? What am I scared of? Um, And I go back to, okay, well, then you have to tell your brain that it's okay. For you to be okay with it, your obviously your brain has to be okay with it. So has it happened before? Do, do you have you tried this before? And what was the result of that? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um have you heard too many negative stories online from other people who don't <laughs> who it hasn't worked for? But yeah. that doesn't mean it it won't work for you. But are you listening yeah. to those negative stories too much? And our brain can only help us navigate instinctively experiences that have happened before. It's always Mm. trying to relate something. Okay, the outcome of this was good. So we can do that. Like, but even people who struggle with like going to a restaurant. Okay, I know I'm going to get a good dinner at Maggiano's. So yeah, let's go to Maggiano's. That's great. Oh, but there's this new restaurant over here I've never tried before. Do we want to try it? Well, I don't know. I kind of want the sure thing over here (laughs) because I don't want to risk something maybe not having a good time, risk the unknown. So you have to, you have to realize that's happening up here, totally Mm -hmm. subconsciously. Those are the things that are going through your brain and know that if you make, and you listen to something and you make a, if you listen to something too long, if you hear a message too long, if you tell yourself something too long, this is where it gets a little science-y, mm-hmm. is that you've actually created a physical pathway in your yeah. brain that yep,
0: the neural pathway. The
1: neural pathways, man, mm-hmm. that are gonna that are gonna send you down that road because that's the easiest. And it takes 30 to 60 days to reprogram that.
0: Mm-hmm
1: you know to put up the the detour sign and say no we're going to go this way now right but it doesn't happen by itself
0: yeah it's an act of will you have to you have absolutely. to choose to do it
1: absolutely yeah. so if you find yourself in a situation like with those negative memes memes and negative yeah. facebook groups and those satire instagram accounts and that type of thing you have to make a conscious choice to unfollow to yeah. delete to turn them off yeah um, and start listening to things that are a little bit more positive and encouraging yes. and beneficial to the place where you want to go in life. Um, okay. and that's with everything Found I mean, advice. you know we're talking about photography here, but it's really with everything sure. that you need to you need to do that with and it's human nature and you can't avoid it. So. Um, fear is a mighty, mighty beast, but it can be conquered if you, if you really put some time into it.
0: There's no question you were speaking directly to me, whether you knew it or not. (laughs) I, I appreciate it. Um, tell, tell me this, where, uh, where can, uh, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, well, right now I'm on Instagram. It's just the Dory Howell, um, Dory spelled D-O-R-I-E and, Mm -hmm. um, Instagram. And then I have a new Facebook page that I just started. It's called Harmony Hangout. And I came up with that company name, Harmony Hangout, because I believe that all photographers should be able to live in harmony together, and it should be something that is enjoyable, and I believe business should be fun, and something that we all can benefit from, and it doesn't matter if you're all inclusive, products only, certain genres this this and this so we all can benefit and learn from each other so that is where the harmony part came from and the hangout part came from the fact that i just like to hang out with my friends and and so harmonyhangout.com it's also on facebook page harmony hangout and then on instagram it's just the dory howell
0: i like the positivity i like the positivity as a tool to conquer and overcome fear i really appreciate your time and your attitude (laughs) (laughs) it's uplifting it is it is thank you Um, and uh i wish you the best i'll see you next time dory
1: i appreciate it so much thanks